Hello and welcome to your daily dose of commentary. Today we start with the topic, Steam will now allow AI content in games. Continuing with the developments of AI becoming more accepted, at least on the corporate level, even if not on a public level, Steam has changed their policies in regards to AI. Previously, as we talked about before, they said we're not going to have any AI stuff on our platforms. If you've got AI stuff in your games, we're not interested, take it off. And I believe even at the time I said, who knows how long this will last. It'd be strange that if Steam just for the rest of time says never, not even a single skerrick of AI in your games. So they've released this. Back in June, we shared that while our goal continues to be shipping as many games as possible on Steam, we needed some time to learn about the fast moving and legally murky space of AI technology, especially given Steam's worldwide reach. That is often a problem, like when you're trying to put something new on a platform that goes through a bunch of different regulations in all these different countries, right? Navigating that legal, the legal framework of 200 different countries is a hard thing to do. Today, after spending the last few months learning more about this space and talking with game developers, we are making changes to how we handle games with, uh, that use AI technology. This will enable us to release the vast majority of games that use it. First, we are updating the content survey that developers fill out when submitting to Steam. The survey now includes a new AI disclosure section where you'll need to describe how you're using AI in the development and execution of your game. It separates AI usage in games into two broad categories. Pre-generated, any kind of content, art, code, sound, etc., created with the help of AI tools during development. Under the Steam distribution agreement, you promise Valve that your game will not include illegal or infringing content and that your game will be consistent with your marketing materials. In our pre-release review, we will evaluate the output of AI-generated content in your game in the same way we evaluate all non-AI content, including a check that your game meets those promises. Live-generated, any kind of content created with the help of AI tools while the game is running. In addition to following the same rules as pre-generated AI content, this comes with additional requirement. In the content server, you'll need to tell us what kind of guardrails you're putting on your AI to ensure it's not generating illegal content. Yeah, I imagine that would be a nightmare for Steam if you have an AI that you can talk to in the game and it just will start generating, I don't know, pornography or uh, random hate content or or what have you. Or it in of itself could generate copyrighted material that, that, the, that shouldn't be in the game. Valve will use this disclosure in our review of your game prior to release. We will also include much of your disclosure on the Steam Store page for your game, so customers can also understand how the game uses AI. Second, we're releasing a new system on Steam that allows players to report illegal content inside games that includes live-generated AI content. Using the in-game overlay, players can easily submit a report when they encounter content that they believe should have been caught by appropriate guardrails on AI generation. Today's changes are the result of us improving our understanding of the landscape and risks in this space, as well as talking to game developers using AI and those building AI tools. This will allow us to be much more open to releasing games using AI technology on Steam. The only exception to this will be adult-only sexual content that is generated with live-generated AI. We are unable to release that type of content right now. And even there, they say right now they can't release this content. Likely due to legal requirements for such content in some countries. It's taken us some time to figure this out, and we're sorry that has made it harder for some developers to make decisions around their games. But we don't feel like we serve our players or developer partners by rushing into decisions that have this much complexity. We'll continue to learn from the games being submitted to Steam and the legal process around AI, and we'll revisit this decision when necessary. This in no way is a surprise to me. Steam has always come across as very hands-off, a very kind of libertarian 
relaxed kind of company. They don't like having heavy-handed restrictions on, especially new technology. And, and like, especially given that like Valve was so interested in being on the forefront of new technologies, that being like with their handheld or um, their VR stuff and all that. Like uh, clearly they would have an interest in AI. Where they would draw the line was always the question, not whether they would have it at all. And having just recently played Suck Up, that game where you play as a vampire and you have to you know, speak into a microphone and convince little AI homeowners that let you in so you can suck their blood. It was a fun game. Didn't seem to really be hurting anyone. AI voice models, you can be, they can be trained based, based off anything really. And um, I think it's a very non-harmful kind of thing, especially in large part because that kind of content can only be made with AI. There's no way you can have voice actors say every single word under the sun and to have them dynamically respond to what people are saying without some sort of AI on, on the back end, right? There were clearly creative, innovative things you can do with this technology that aren't necessarily just, we're going to steal a bunch of people's stuff and cut out people's jobs kind of thing, right? So I, I'm interested where they're going to go with this and what kind of games are going to come out and what kind of uproar there's going to be. People on Twitter are in a large part unhappy. Twitter in general seems to be very much so against this technology. It seems as though like people's perceptions have gone backwards and forwards month to month because it's obviously a cool technology, but as we've talked about before, the underpinning unethical nature of, of potentially stealing people's stuff to train these models and uh, the obvious reality that some people can lose their jobs in various different fields because of this technology puts a sour note to anything even mildly interesting that comes out of it. Unlike NFTs and potentially even crypto to a degree that were said, are we going to revolutionize everything? AI obviously has practical usages for seemingly like every industry and there's no stopping it, right? It's just a question of what is the impact going to be and are people going to be treated fairly or, you know, steamrolled for the sake of progress? Is this TikTok account trying to impersonate Stephen Ogg? So I got this message. There is a Trevor Phillips TikTok with 2.2 million followers that is pretending to be Stephen Ogg's. It has videos with Stephen, but then there are videos that you would think he would never make. And what makes it even more suspicious is that Stephen doesn't want to be remembered as Trevor Phillips. So why would he have a TikTok named Trevor Phillips? And so it's this one, it's at Z Flair, but it's name is Trevor Phillips. But the tagline here says, just a guy keeping Stevens and Trevor's name alive. Click to buy me a coffee. Has 2.2 million followers. I don't think this person's pretending to be Steven, given what they've said here. It's entirely possible the person could run across this content and think it's the actual Steven. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think they're pretending to be the actor. The question is, is it fine for a person to make this kind of account? It is a fan account, and obviously Steven isn't on TikTok, and you would assume that if Steven was truly against this, surely he would have known about it by this point and could have asked for it to be taken down or something. But obviously that shouldn't be his responsibility. He shouldn't have to reach out and be like, hey, yo, don't make an account about me. This is the kind of stuff where you should get permission to do it. But you can understand how, as we often say, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. It can also be very uncomfortable to reach out to a person and be like, hey, man, can I like run a TikTok or upload your content to TikTok or whatever? Sometimes what happens when an account like this is made, a person starts it with purely good intentions or what have you. Where it's just like, oh, I'm just going to upload a short or two or whatever. And it will just, maybe something happens, maybe it doesn't. And then it blows up to being this big and where it becomes something of actual note and no, notice. And the person didn't start uploading this stuff thinking, oh, I'm going to have 2.2 million followers one day. It's entirely possible this was just a genuine guy who liked Steven and Trevor and just wanted to make an account dedicated to it. Like this is stealing content in a way. At the same time, like the line between theft and preservation is a difficult one to, to iron out, right? Archiving a lot of this sort of content 
does seem valid. But obviously, a lot of this stuff would be new. So could you really call this an archive? Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about this account, honestly. At the very least, it, it's at least not, as far as I'm aware, going directly against the wishes of Steven. It's not like he said, I don't want a TikTok account. It's certainly not also competing with Steven on the platform. Like if Steven had his own TikTok and this existed, I'd be like, no, fuck off, get rid of it. Steven will upload whatever the hell he wants to upload. Like I personally wouldn't want a person to make a Dark Viper EU account and pretend to be me or to repost my stuff. As you say, I'm not a fan of that kind of stuff. I'm totally a fan of people taking my stuff and remaking it into cool stuff. That's not because I, I necessarily think that benefits me in a huge way, but because at that point you're deserving of the success that you bring yourself because you're being creative. You are making your own stuff. You're creatively expressing yourself. And so if you become successful doing that, all power to you. You're not just reposting my stuff. You are making something new. I get true, the account does have a link that asks for donations to buy them a coffee or whatever, but I sincerely doubt they get much through that. If you look at the content, he's not directly saying he's OG, but he's heavily implying it and not attempting to prove otherwise. I suppose that shows the difference between a person who's not being honest and a person who's lying. Being honest is when you you give information leading people to the truth, right? You, you, you give information that you believe people would want to know or should know so they can make informed decisions and whatnot. Lying is when you directly lead someone false. So like you can not be honest and not be a liar in the sense that you can see a person who's under a, a false impression and just do nothing about that. If you're honest, you'll be like, oh, no, 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 this, this, is, this is not on, you're wrong, you've come to a false conclusion. If you're a dishonest person, you just won't do that. You'll just be like, oh, that person has, through the own, their own mechanisms, come to a false conclusion. I'm just gonna let that slide. You haven't lied to that person, but you're not honest because you're, you're letting them continue to be misled. Lying by omission, if you like. No, but no, because even then, lying by omission implies that you have specifically left out information to influence a person to come to a, a wrong conclusion. If you have done nothing and a person just has come to that conclusion, you're, you're still not lying by omission in that context. Unless you can have some argument that this inf this information should be more forthcoming in some capacity. I mean, you could make that argument in, in, in some context, but... It's always important to remember that lying is not accidental. Lying is a specific intention to mislead a person. So like if you say something false and you believe it's true, you're not a liar for saying something's false. And so I would say it's pretty shady if this person is not being as forthcoming as they should be in, in regards to that this isn't actually Stephen Ogg. But then again, the at is Z Flair and it's called Trevor Phillips. And it does say in the description that it's just a guy keeping their names alive. It's not something, if you were looking for it, that you wouldn't immediately realize that this isn't Steven. Although, the person who sent this to me, even though I was aware of this account before, of course, they did suggest that this person was attempting to mislead people. I just don't know why he believes that. I, it doesn't look that way to me. But then again, if a person posts something, generally you assume that the person posting it is the person who owns the content. Unless there's something obvious that shows otherwise. Like, these here would just be like personal messages from Steven for other platforms. Maybe, what, Snapchat? Where, where would he post these things? Instagram? If a person's like speaking into a camera, making a video, you'd assume the person posting it is that same person. So I guess that's my thoughts on this. I personally wouldn't run an account like this or want one existing for me. But I guess if uh, Steven wants this taken down, he will ask it to take down. This news reporter belittled this Tetris achievements. So this is something that got some traction on Twitter. A news anchor has been called out after diminishing the accomplishment of a 13-year-old beating Tetris, telling him to go outside and that beating the game isn't a life goal. Now, Tetris has long been touted as a video game that just can't be beaten because it just goes on and on. Oh, oh, oh my God! Oh. 
Well, 13-year-old American Willis Gibson has technically proven that wrong. He beat the original Nintendo version of the game by reaching such a high level that the coding froze that left the program unable to generate any more falling blocks. As a mother, I would just say step away from the screen, go outside, get some fresh air. Beating Tetris is not a life goal. Speaking of fresh air, let's get a look at the weather. I want to say this immediately. If you have a child who is very passionate about something and it is bringing them joy, if the very first thought you have is to diminish that in their eyes and to disrespect their passion, disregard it, and, and tell them to go do something else, you are a terrible mother. This person was probably joking to some degree, but if that was a mother's actual response to a 13-year-old being very passionate about something, that would be fucking awful. Like, I don't care if it's like collecting butterflies or something. As long as the, the child, the teenager in this case, isn't hurting themselves or other people, you support it. Passion is a hard thing to ferment, having the person actually care about something, you know? And, and this person, even if you don't fully understand what's going on with Tetris or, or competitive Tetris and stuff, you should still be supportive. In the same way that my family, my mother and father, didn't fully understand what I did online with YouTube and uh, live streaming and stuff. They tried to understand, but they were always supportive. Like, hey, yeah, you're, you're getting those numbers, Matt. Good job, you know? Although, still sometimes being realistic and being like, you know, maybe you should still apply for some other jobs then. I mean, use your bachelor's degree and all that stuff. Like, if, if you want to be supportive and still be like, you know, maybe, maybe you go play some sport as well sometimes. That's one thing. But th the dismissive way that this woman talks about this is just so amazingly disrespectful. And she says, as a mother, like, come on. And uh, people ma made comparisons where they, they looked up like other Sky News reporting about teenagers and they're and they're like lauding how amazing it is that like a 13 year old has done well at sport or stuff like that it's just a an amazing double standard that some hobbies are more respected by you know these older sort of people than than others and, and it's just utter nonsense right with all this being said if you do fully want to understand this kid's achievement watch this video after 34 years someone finally beat tetris like you may be sitting there being like i don't really understand how like why is this significant why is this amazing this video it's only 17 minutes very much so explains why that is the case it is an achievement it is something quite impressive especially for a 13 year old to do something that potentially well millions of people have never been able to do yeah great video and huge achievement huge l from this person again i i, may, I am potentially being hypercritical she was probably just making a joke it, it is disrespectful but everyone at some time is going to say something insensitive or have a gaffe or what have you and imagine like every time you've done that in your life no person deserves like amazing intense scrutiny by tens of millions of people when they do this okay so like if you know who this person is or whatever don't like find them and harass them and stuff or, or what have you i mean that goes without saying and I, I understand that saying that doesn't really dissuade the sort of people who would do that stuff but i still feel like i want to say it to some degree because it's just a random person who said something a little bit disrespectful it's not the end of the world i will say though sky news is garbage I don't know if you guys have Sky News in your countries, but it is considered to be like the lowest quality journalism in, in my country by a lot of people. I mean, they have an audience, so I guess that can't be everyone, but I've never heard a high praise from any sort of official body in regards to news reporting about Sky News. It is garbage. Like if you told me the quote of what this woman said and asked me what publication would have said this, I'd have been like, oh, Sky News, 100%. My computer had an insane amount of duplicate files. So previously, I talked about how I no longer can have infinite free storage in my Dropbox, and therefore I need to be careful as to what I have syncing to the Dropbox. So I got my duplicate file program to look through my 
hard drives to find potential duplicates so that I could remove them from those hard drives that are syncing automatically to Dropbox. And while I ran different ones, this was the largest one and it found 320,000 files that were duplicates. 320,000. So half of that is the amount that was removed. How? Think of how many files there are in say GTA 5. So there are 391 files just in GTA 5. So you just have like, you know, a, a couple of duplicates of GTA 5 and you have bundles of files. Some bundles kind of like a thousand different tiny files and they, they kind of adds up, you know? So rather than deleting the duplicates, I move them all to a separate hard drive. The reason for this is if I had two duplicate files, one named extra one and another one called extra two, if I ever need to sync a project, you know, in Adobe Premiere, for example, I would still need to find the file by that original name. And so I'm keeping all the duplicates just in case that ever happens. Because Adobe Premiere would still know that file as extra two, irrespective if there's a duplicate file called extra one. Thing about blindly removing duplicates is that if you have two GTA mods, for example, with the exact same file and you remove one because it's a duplicate and try to install the mod where the file was removed, the mod no longer works. The other mod will though. There are a few pitfalls when deleting duplicate files. Exactly. I moved out things that I knew there were duplicates of where I intentionally had duplicates. In fact, a lot of these I probably had intentionally duplicated for the sake of filing in various different circumstances, but I had no choice. I was running out of space. I had to move some stuff out to make space. But like, I moved out all my copies of GTA so they wouldn't break. I moved out like copies of clips that were being worked on that I sent people. Like I didn't do this willy nilly. I, I specifically had the right things looked at. And besides, this duplicate sorting is based on the content of the files as opposed to the names. So I'm not even sure in all cases that it would actually rip out GTA 5 files, for example, because they would have different dates and different file sizes and stuff. What's the capacity of this hard drive? Ah, uh, 30 terabytes, I think. Uh, this is one of the extra hard drives. I have a totality of like, it's over 260 terabytes of space. These are the two that automatically sync to Dropbox. Okay, so there was 15 terabytes of duplicates totaling 322,000 files. It's like a bunch of images and endless different little files. And you got all these like, like files like that, yeah. Like you understand when you make like one project with Adobe, for example, every single time you move in a file, it makes like peak files and you know, because it, it generates the waveform and stuff. And, and like that, those files exist and, and add up and stuff. Although to be fair, I have, like I delete previews and peak files and stuff. And because obviously I don't need to keep those because I can just have them regenerated. Long story short, I have a lot of files. Was the death of Johnny Kaplitz in GTA 5 poorly handled? So I'm sure we've talked about this before, but Game Roll tweeted out, I may be stating the obvious here, but I hate how Rockstar killed off Johnny Kaplitz in GTA 5. I think that it was a total disservice to the character and is there purely just for shock factor. It's a very obvious and poorly executed attempt at establishing Trevor's craziness early on. I also think that the total change in his personality and attitude is completely unnecessary. What did you think of Trevor's introduction? Now on one level, I do understand this criticism in that I did play the Lost in the Dams DLC. I do think his personality as portrayed in GTA 5 was a little bit different and people just explained that away by him getting involved in drugs. But I was pretty sure in GTA 4 that his whole thing was that he was against drugs and he didn't like how his chick or whatever was uh, deep into that stuff, right? 
It's hard to remember the details, but I'm sure that was the way for most people playing GT5, that they either had not played this DLC and thus didn't recognize the character. Maybe they hadn't even played GT4 and didn't recognize the character. Or if they had played it, it was so long ago that they wouldn't have even remembered the disconnect between the character's personality from those games and the way he was being portrayed in GT5. Like, I think this is a, a fair criticism. Like, I think the reason why he was put in GT5 in this context was just uh, the shock factor to, to showcase that Trevor was crazy early on. So like, I agree with this statement that that's what they did and that there was a disconnect between the games. But at the same time, I said this on Twitter. I am the number one hater of the Lost and the Dams GT4 DLC. I consider the Rockstar developer who suggested Trevor kill Johnny to be my brother. Our mutual dislike of the character gives us a bond stronger than blood. I may never know his name, but he has my respect. And of course, put in my bio, number one hater of the Lost and the Dams GT4 DLC. So basically what I'm saying is, I recognize the criticism as justified, but at the same time, I don't care. Fuck Johnny. And fuck the Lost in the Damn DLC. It was not a good DLC. It was boring. The focus of the game was boring. The missions were boring. The characters were boring. Everything about it was boring. It is the worst thing that Rockstar has ever produced. I can't even call it mid. It is worse than mid. I'm sure you can go watch my playthrough of it, like the edited version on my main channel or on the VOD channel. I'm sure some laughs were had, there were some jokes and stuff, but I distinctly remember playing it and being like, this is so boring. I, I had a worse experience playing the Lost in the Dams DLC than I did playing Red Dead Redemption 2 the first time on console. That's what I'm telling you right now. That, that, that goes to show something, okay? Your VOD of it was funny, you hated playing it. Yeah, I don't remember every instance of what I said while playing it, but I distinctly remember not liking it at all. Was it worse than the GG Online Arena was? Yes, absolutely. There was, there was nothing that Rockstar has made that was worse than that DLC. So it is entirely possible that it is true that they put Johnny dying here just for the you know, shock factor, but it's also possible someone at Rockstar was like, fucking hate that DLC, I fucking hate that character. Let's have a clean break with the past mistakes that we've made and just literally kill them off in, in our game. And I hope it's the second one. <laughs> You should smash the like and subscribe button the same way Trevor smashed Johnny's face into the ground. Thank you for watching, and I wish you all the best.